0: Welcome to another episode of Fortitude and Truth. As always, my name is Nate. I'm here with your co with my co-host, not your co-host, Andrew, who is a wonderful brother in Christ. And as always, we are gonna present you our focus verse right from the beginning. Uh, and I kind of want to explain that. We we've never, we never kind of did this without saying, um, this focus verse of the week. But uh, Yes, we did. <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for that is I think starting and ending with Scripture and starting and ending. We end with prayer. We don't usually start with prayer. But starting with Scripture is just providing that foundation. And obviously we, we talk about Scripture throughout our, our, our shows, but we think it's important to start with. So this week we're going to give you the focus verse is Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. And so to give you a little preview of today, uh, today's going to be a little different. Uh, we are, I don't want to say it an impasse, but we are kind of at a, a unique juncture where we find ourselves not quite ready to start another series, but kind of on the precipice of it. So we're going to kind of give you the lay of the land and kind of let you know what's coming, what our thoughts are. Uh, if you have any feedback to that, you can always leave it at Fortitude True 316 at gmail.com. Uh, if you're fortunate enough to have one of our personal contact infos, you're more than welcome to use that, obviously. But use the email. We will definitely get back to you if you feel some of these topics are either out of line or if there's something you'd like to see this year. We definitely would love to address that. We also think that there's um, some certain topics kind of around the corner, I think, that are going to be some one-offs. Um, some current event topics. We're not... Big fans of politics, um, but there are some things going on in the church right now, and and a little bit to do with politics, I would say that that are probably going to bring about the need for maybe some one-off episodes that are worth discussion from a biblical foundation. I and mean, that's the point of the show, right? We want to to ground everything that we're going through in scripture. So we're going to talk shop um, for the first little bit of today, and then we're going to kind of get into just an approach to conflict and kind of how to deal with conflict as a Christian, whether it's inside the church, outside the church. And these are some overview things. We're not going to get too specific today. Uh, And then we'll definitely give you a closing with some ideas of as far as in probably the dealings of, with like conflict and things like that, um, like discernment and uh, perception um, because obviously perception is reality, right? We, we may think we are saying things out of love and out of um, genuineness to help somebody, but if it's not received that way, then, then clearly we need to, to look at ourselves and, and look in the mirror and say, "Hey, like, what did I do wrong? And how can I be more biblical and more, and, and embody the fruits of the spirit, right? Because I'm, we're all sinful, right? I'm sure we can agree that our, own judgment clouds as we think we're we all probably think we're a little bit better than we are so with that being said i'm gonna let andrew give us a kind of an overview of what we're looking at for this year of 2024 um and i'll give you some thoughts of my own as we continue
1: absolutely thanks dan i appreciate it so yeah i think that's a great way to kick it off um, <clears throat> excuse me and just yeah a good way to kind of set the tone for today's show and moving forward um for sure and I would just add one piece before we get started. Like, and we'll talk about this more with discernment. Um, we, should, we should always be striving to communicate in a way that if anything's going to offend, it's simply the Word of God and not us. So we'll, we'll flush that a little bit more. But that's just to kind of what Nate was just piggyback off what he was just saying. Um, with that in mind, though, so oh, what, what I'm going to what we're going to start out with, or what I'm going to start out with outlining um, is a little bit of what we're thinking for the year. Um, specifically we'll hi- highlight more towards the end of the, just the first quarter because that's kind of really flushed out. Um, <clears throat> and then, about, But right now I'm about to give you all four quarters of this year, kind of what we're thinking. Um, obviously there's going to be some flux- fluctuation in there, some adjustments like Nate was saying, some one-offs that we'll do in every quarter, but this is our general idea. So in quarter one, so like starting our next major series is going to be uh, a proper understanding of worship. Now we're going to transition into a culture of church discipline. Now that may be a new idea for you, but we're going to talk about kind of what that means, what church discipline is, what it means to have a culture of church discipline. Um, Then by that point, we should be at just about Easter. and It's very important that we spend due time um, meditating on and focusing on from Scripture-based, what what Easter is, the meaning of Easter, why it's so important. Um, And then that'll take us into quarter two What we're looking, quarter two is going to be a lot more about different kinds of theology, essentially, uh, because we're going to start out with a foundational understanding of systematic theology. Now, that's going to be more of an academically driven topic, um, but I think it'll be very edifying. Then rolling into, from there, how the Old Testament informs the New Testament. And then lastly, understanding spiritual gifts. Now, obviously these and in quarter two, all of these segments or all these series are going to be several episodes, if not many more than several. Uh, to really, our goal in all of these series is to highlight and really get in-depth understanding of the topics. In um, quarter three, we're going to be looking at like what is apologetics, um, stemming into then the Christian and society, like how should we interact in society and the world.
0: spoilers it's gonna be right before election time was I was, about, I was uh, just so, I was
1: just about to say I'm glad you said something we may
0: not talk <laughs> politics politics but we definitely want you to to have a Christian worldview absolutely. and obviously um, be scripturally informed when either choosing candidates or abstaining or whatever it is that absolutely. you prayerfully have come to the conclusion to do
1: absolutely no and I was about to say made, made pretty good job of highlighting it but yes there's no coincidence this is in quarter three right around the time of like july august when all the stuff will be ramping up um again not with a political focus but more on how do we as christians interact with society um biblically how should we look at that um then ultimately that's going to stem into what does it mean to shepherd a house or being managing a household shepherding a household stewarding a household Um,
0: that's not just for fathers either boom roasted
1: no yes no it's very true (laughs) It is not meant just for fathers. That is yeah, we'll be talking probably we'll probably start with fathers. I don't know, but that's pro- more than likely probably what we'll ever start. And then we'll look at mothers and we'll look at how fathers and mothers work together. Kinda this idea of godly stewardship or let's put it this way, stewardship and shepherding that glorifies God in the house.
0: Absolutely. And I'm sure that discussion will probably lead us into like a healthy biblical view of the family and oh, some things like that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, And then from there, we'll go ahead and that should stem us into quarter four where we're going to start quarter four with a survey of church history. Um, And then we'll kind of end quarter four with a look at leadership. Um, And as you can tell, quarter four is not as as flushed out yet because it is closer to a year away. Um, However, uh, with all of that in mind, Nate, uh, what everything I just outlined, what are your thoughts? Some of your thoughts off the top of your head is kind of assessing this.
0: Oh, I'm excited for a couple of these. I can, <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, I am nervous about understanding spiritual gifts. I'm sure we're going to get into some controversial topics there. I think that's probably going to be our first, um, big controversy. I think, <laughs> um, you mean like
1: between us or what do you mean?
0: I, maybe not between us per se, but I think probably not. <laughs> we, um, We don't like the ruffle feathers, I think. But again, I think Andrew said earlier, we we want the gospel to offend, not us to offend. Um, So obviously, we're going to present every side or both sides of or the spectrum of of beliefs is related to like spiritual gifts. But obviously, we have our own reservations about certain things. Um, So that could get a little dicey because I'm sure that our opinions at some point will come out, whether they are meant to or not. Yes, Um,
1: probably. Even though we try very hard, to your point, not to do that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um I'm also I um I, I have a special place in my heart for church history. Um yeah. I would love to spend more than just a quarter on it, but I'm sure that most of you would be bored to death. I would not be, um, but <laughs> but I think I think it is important, especially when we talk about um paying respect to those who've gone before, to those whose whose work we have works have influenced us. Oh, um, all the way back to Obviously, the original work of Scripture, but then right and talk about the Church Fathers of, like, origin. Mm-hmm. Um And then you kind of keep branching out to, like, uh, Irenaeus and then Augustine and then into the Reformation. You have, like, Martin Luther and John Calvin. Um, Absolutely. And John Wesley, and then even some modern-day um, – or not so quite so modern-day, but pretty close, like Charles Spurgeon or Martin Lloyd-Jones.
1: You know, D.L. Moody would be interesting to look at.
0: D.L. Moody. Yeah, we probably won't do – I don't know that we'll do biographical spotlights. Yeah. I, I don't know that we'll go that far with it, but I think we'll probably do like an era by era kind of discussion on on some of the contributions and maybe some of the um, the heresies that they dealt with too. I think, especially yeah. when you get to like the the apostolic fathers of uh, like the Nicene controversy oh. And, oh, and the Council of Nicaea, uh, when they the big issues about the spirit, um, how the spirit really comes about, I guess. To, to put it in simple terms, um, and the, or the, like the Aryan heresy, uh, where Jesus is not fully God, which is interesting. Um, speaking of which, I don't know if you heard this, yeah. um, uh, the list of pastors that I the keeps growing shorter that I listen to. Yeah. Um, he was on the radio, Robert Morris, oh, gateway church. Okay. Um, a clip of his popped up and he basically said that Jesus completely denied his full divinity when he came to earth um, so that he could just, so he could be a full human, um, which basically led to the conclusion that it was like mutually exclusive, like because to be a full human, he couldn't be fully God, um, which is uh, I will openly state as heresy. It is. I was about to say, uh, let's I open know. the Bible really quick. No, I don't think there's a need to open the Bible on that one. That is, that is straight heresy. So, um, I would say that unless he clarifies his stance, I think that's, that's another one. You just need to be careful of that. Absolutely. um, In his incarnation, Jesus was both fully God and fully man. um, And And that's it. uh, I believe the the correct term is also, he's consubstantial with the father. um, Just as the spirit is consubstantial and emanates from both the father and the son, uh, which was decided at the council of Nicaea coming full circle. Um, Not decided of the council of Nicaea. Um, I think it's, God decided that one, but
1: they were rec- They finally were able to recognize, they were able
0: to recognize and understand that concept, yeah. uh, biblically yeah. speaking. Um, and then some other church creeds too that I think I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the Nicene Creed, but there's yeah. a lot in church history, like Irenaeus' theories of recapitulation are, are interesting. Yeah, um, Augustine's work, The City of God, when he kind of talks about the Roman Empire, the conversion of the Roman Empire is, is, is interesting, or just Christendom as a whole and kind of, yeah the great schism of the church uh, between East and West and I don't know. I love church history.
1: I I mean, I do as well. So it's, it's going to be hard for us. You may have to send us an email back. Hey, it's time to move on guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I mean, I think, I think we're telling ourselves right now we should probably move on from that discussion. Um, I think the other thing too, is if we look at quarter two, um, systematics and the harmony between the old Testament and the new Testament, um, Firstly, I think systematics. I'm a big fan of systematics, but the danger is, again, that we don't ground our systematics in scripture. We ground them in authors like Erickson or Grudem or John Frame, um, who are great authors, who I respect all of them and have great works of systematics. And, excuse me, they would tell you that they ground their works in, in, in the Bible. Um, I actually wrote a discussion post or a paper. Uh, we're talking about um, pastor theologians. Yep. And the The principle of the books was based on systematic theology, and we're like, well, can you apply this to biblical theology? And, And somebody was making the point of like. Well, systematics run the run the risk of you know being heretical if they're not well informed. And and Erickson, in his book, in the very beginning, talking about the importance of theology, is all systematics should be founded on biblical theology. Should be founded on the tenets of scripture. And if they're not, then it's so really I, not a systematic. Isn't
1: that? Is it, I'm pretty sure that's in the introduction or chapter one, one. I think two. it's chapter one. Yeah.
0: Um, but like, so that's a systematic a systematic theologian telling you that he bases his work off scripture. Which again, he's human. He's going to make mistakes. It happens. We're not all perfect. But at the same time, he does his diligence to, to do so, and and so should we all. I, I I wouldn't rely on just Erickson. That's why I use Grudem and and Frame and a couple others, um, as well as you know, in again checking all that against Scripture. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. And then obviously the Old Testament, New Testament, um, debating, writing my dissertation on Paul's use of of the Old Testament. Uh, Because sometimes he quotes it, sometimes he alludes to it, and he uses both like the Septuagint and the Masoretic text, which is the original Hebrew, Uh, for those of you who didn't know. And the Septuagint is the Greek translation of the original Hebrew Old Testament. Correct. Um, But he uses both of those kind of interchangeably a little bit, with no real preference. Um, But it's interesting to see why and how he used it, especially because we look at Paul's example Obviously, he was well educated, and especially in Hebrew, he was, a, he was a Pharisee.
1: He's a Pharisee of Pharisees.
0: Um, I believe he's a Hebrew of Hebrews, yeah. um, <laughs> is what he says in in Philippians. But I
1: thought he said he was a Pharisee of Pharisees as well as somewhere else. Uh,
0: maybe he does. I anyway, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Continue your point. You, you might be right, um, but as one who is super well schooled in in Hebrew literature in rhetoric, is called to the Gentiles. But so, why does he use all these references? that may or may not be foreign to a Gentile listener that they wouldn't even get. Like obviously in Romans he says first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, and I, I feel like he still has some compassion for the Jews, and maybe that's why he includes it. I haven't done enough research on this. So again, might, might be a dissertation for somebody to read later. Might not be. Might, I might just go Old Testament and do Amos or uh, another minor prophet because I think they don't get their fair shake, and there's not a lot of literature on them, so it might be a little bit easier to write it on something that no one writes about. Yeah. 'Cause uh the old testament minor prophets seem to scare people and yeah. Hebrew language scares me in general. So <laughs> oh, <lovely scenario. laughs> that's that's something to um to be considered. <laughs> also I would say in um as we progress through the year, uh shortly, probably within the next few months, we're looking at maybe starting video podcasts. Uh so these will be um available actually, we might as well just update them now. Uh we added pandora and yes. uh, maybe audible i can't remember if i got audible done uh we okay. got pandora our podcast is available on pandora now so if you prefer to listen to us on pandora rather than spotify or iHeartRadio or wherever you find this podcast um yeah. feel free to drop it on pandora also wherever you're listening uh if, like if you're on spotify you can drop a five star so if you want to do that because you like us so much we'd appreciate that
1: specifically yeah
0: I don't know about the other ones. Uh, YouTube as well, though. So YouTube allows us to upload our audio podcast to YouTube. So you can find our... If you just search Fortitude and Truth on the YouTube, I believe it'll come right up.
1: Let's test it. I'm going to test it. You continue talking. Sure. I, I,
0: I feel like I did this and it was harder to find. I, you might have to search it under show. Like when you're searching for shows, you might have to refine your search a little bit. Um, but if you just type in Fortitude and Truth, it you should, you should come up with all our audio podcasts. So you can still listen to them. It'll just be a still image. But you might shortly see some videos there as well. Any luck? Comes right up. Comes right up. So, yeah, use the YouTube. And then keep an eye out if you're a big YouTube fan. uh, We might be also starting, besides a video podcast, might be starting uh, some daily or weekly shorts to kind of add in and and mix into the thing. Just there's some further, you know, teaching, some further edification. It might be as simple as, hey, you get a daily scripture reading from one of us. Um, Might be more involved. We'll see. You, know, you only get 60 seconds on a short, so not really certain on that, but we're just throwing around some ideas. If you have any ideas um, that you would like to see, again, email, <laughs> fortitudeandtruth316 at com. Always appreciated. Um, like, share, subscribe. I hear that so much on YouTube. I just can't yeah. – it, it kind of like, cringe when I say share, it, but – subscribe, Like, share, subscribe. <laughs> not because we want people to hear our voices. I, I don't – I accidentally turned on the podcast on my phone, and I was like – that's me. I don't like that. Yeah, i not. can't listen to my, my own voice. voice for very long.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that statement.
0: So, <laughs> so I. What do you think, Andrew? You you presented these, but we haven't really gotten your thoughts. Yeah. So I've been sitting here talking about how mo- all these things that I like.
1: Well, I will say that. Let's see, in quarter one, um, coming up. I mean, I like all three of these topics. I recently taking a couple classes on specifically on worship. I'm very interested to kind of expound deeper on that. Just the, the totality of it, the implications of it, the value, the, the necessity of it. And then also this idea of church discipline and what it means to have a culture of church discipline. Um, moving forward, I mean, I, what was that?
0: I'll say before you move on, um, spoilers, I the first sermon I ever preached was on a proper understanding of worship. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> you do remember? Yeah. Oh, you were there. That's <laughs> I right. I was. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, no, I, I don't want to go
0: look at those notes because I don't think I'd preach the same sermon ever again. But that's probably a good thing.
1: Yeah. No, that's yeah. no, it. No, that definitely is good. I remember parts of it, too. Goodrich, right? Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, yep. Yep. It was, uh, yeah. Because, you know, we, we'll get to it. But worship is not just Sunday morning singing. Yeah.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> no, no. Stay tuned for more. Yeah, there exactly.
1: Stay, stay tuned for more.
0: Shameless plug. Yeah, uh, Com- coming up next week. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Actually, at this point, uh, probably a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, but, uh, and we'll explain why. I'll explain why before I we transition here and um, segue rather. But and then quarter two, I'm going to assess quarter by quarter. Um, I, while I really enjoy systematics like you, I'm probably going to sound a lot like you because I'm very excited for almost the identical things. But you specifically, how the Old Testament informs the New Testament, I think is. Going to be very valuable to look at it and how to look at. Um, and I concur with what you're saying about the spiritual gifts. I think we're going to really enjoy that. I do think that it can be intimidating for some people to even consider, um, even brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's okay. Like we're we're not going to be offended if you you know take on bridge and you email us. We'll we'll definitely discuss it.
0: But... Yeah, it definitely might get a little uncomfortable. Um, I've written a paper. I wrote a couple of papers on different spiritual gifts, and I've read enough books. Yeah. Um. By enough different spectrum of denominations, but, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um. On it. yeah, that it's interesting to kind of see the lay of the land, and and then just again to found where scripture is based on all these things, because I, I would say none of them are wholly correct. Yeah. No. I would, There's I would, some middle ground, yeah. but we're not going to spoil it at all. No. No. I so what it's... about apologetics? I think looking at it now, I think we could get a little bit more dicey than. Uh, than I thought originally as I, as I looked at this list apologetics. Yeah. Why do you say that? Um, because, um, I think that the style of apologetics that we, we're not going to spoil this too much. Um, (laughs) we're going to tease this one out. (laughs) The style of apologetics that you and I favor is not, um, what I would say is the most traditional. And not when most people think of apologetics, they they tend to favor a different one than yeah. both of you and I favor. No, I think you. Um, I think that's
1: a correct assessment. And
0: we've come to this conclusion on our own. Uh, yeah. Andrew and I have not come to this conclusion on the same, which is funny because um, when I brought it up to him, he's like, oh yeah, of course I believe that. I was like, man, I just got introduced to this. <laughs> I love this stuff. He's like, really, man? I've known
1: about this forever. I said, why didn't you tell me?
0: I was very upset. I was like, I had to learn about this from somebody else.
1: Yeah. We had, I got Matthew 18. No, I'm just kidding.
0: No, it's okay. I... <laughs> I think it's better that I, I may have been more skeptical if you taught me, but I learned from some some people who are are far more experienced and far more yeah. knowledgeable on the topic than either Andrew or I are. Combined. Knowing we're
1: ignoring his source, I, I agree with that.
0: <laughs> right. Obviously, I think Christian and society is going to ruffle some feathers. Oh, absolutely. That all that, but that always does. That always yeah. will, and yeah. that's that's fine because again, we want to let the gospel offend, and of we course. want, but we want to be as Matthew five says, we want to let our light shine yeah. uh, and be a city on a hill. And how do we do that? Um, because all Jesus also says in Mark, like render to Caesar, what is Caesar's, yeah. but render to God, what is God's.
1: Yeah, so, no, that's a very good point. Those are funds. No. And then, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that it's going to be very valuable. And I, now that you mentioned it with the apologetics, I think it's going to be a very good uh, section. Um, I'm currently, Going through a a dedicated apologetics course, which is very phenomenally done. Um, Try, try. Doctor Zemek is the one that's leading that course. Um, He's with the Lord now, but he gives a phenomenal.
0: Oh, I didn't.
1: This was was like a year, eight months ago or so. He passed away shortly after.
0: After the conference. Oh, see, I I haven't been. In honor of him, that's why they posted
1: it for free—a whole seminary-level course on apologetics for free in honor of him, on their website. Well, they posted before he got though. I died, thought I though. thought they I thought they did that
0: for him anyway. Either way, either anyway,
1: way. way. I'm sorry. I was sorry. sorry. Look, this this, look, no, no, it's fair. Bar. That's fair. I might be I might be wrong on that, but anyway, Doctor Zemek's course on apologetics is phenomenal. Um, and anyway, it's, I'm very I'm gonna be very interested in going through that because I would agree with you, Nate, that many people don't hold the uh, the apologetic methodology that we prefer. Many people would be shocked. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say shocked, but they would be very intrigued by it, I think, at the very least.
0: Wow. Um, it was right after the conference. So they posted it, I remember, at the conference last year that we went oh, to. Oh, yes, yeah. They posted it because he was sick and he wasn't able to be at the conference, but yeah. they wanted his teachings to be out there even though he couldn't teach. Um, and then, like, yeah. a week after he passed away, I, didn't, I did I, not I, not. Know, I know
1: how. I didn't know it was that close, but I knew it was relatively close. Yeah. And then, like you... Um, Anyway, he's with the Lord. He's a very faithful workman, and
0: yeah, he worked under uh, John MacArthur for a while at the Master long Seminary, time, yeah, long right. time, and then went. He was down in Jupiter, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, Emmanuel Bible Church under Jerry Ragg and Lance Quinn. Yeah. Under they have the Expositor Seminary down there,
1: yeah. Which not that it matters, but that's, I'm applying to that seminary, but <laughs> not, not that it shameless matters. Shameless plugs. Yeah, shameless plugs. But anyway, um, that's what we're all about here pr- prayerfully considering that, so. Join me in prayer with that, but anyway, rolling on to quarter four, <clears throat> I too am a huge church history nerd. I'm very excited to really look through it, um, and I also think too, tying into that, because we could easily spend the entire year doing church history, probably. But, but there's a lot of like, like I, I think you did a very good job highlighting that the, the level of respect we should have and how much we should be thankful, how much gratitude we should have toward God for giving us all of that and redeeming it, using it. Um, it's very important, right? And we stand on shoulders of others, right? We didn't naturally just come to super how enlightened we are today, you know. However, that might be, however much that might be, by ourselves. Um, and I think it's very valuable to look at. And then I think too, however we want to take this, but to look at leadership can be very, very helpful. Um, and maybe assessing leadership styles um, and what what is the most biblical um, and what to look for and how to assess and address those kinds of things. That'll be very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And I think that's, I mean, our discussion will probably transcend just church leadership. I think we'll start there. Yeah. Um, But there's other, there's other types of leadership. Obviously it's like a father being a leader of the household or at work, being, being a leader at work, but how do you still be a leader for Christ?
1: And Um, I might contend that leadership is leadership. It might be in different, you know, different places, different offices, but What's expected of a leader, I would contend, generally is the same. There might be some specific nuances that are different, mm-hmm. but anyway, I, sorry, I, I didn't mean, to cut I you would off, agree.
0: But, um, kind of like ministry is ministry, right? Pastors have their ministry. Every yeah. every lay person has their ministry as well. Yeah, no. We also might close out the year, so start filing in your questions because I'm still waiting to see some. Yeah. Um we might do like a 2024 20, year in review yeah. at the end of the year. Or we might do like a a, se- a session or two of like if we get enough questions if you guys submit Q- anything. Q&A. Yeah. We'd love to do some question and answers. Um and again these are would be our opinions not not sponsored by anybody. Um
1: Unless you want to sponsor us, not <laughs> Hey, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm again, we are just full of shameless plugs today. I don't know what's going on. I
1: don't, I, don't, I couldn't help myself that's fine um so and then maybe we can close out this section here tell me what what your thoughts are because our next set our next series will be a proper understanding of worship um with our first kind of or not or not kind of our first episode being um an academia today highlight of a book titled um worship the ultimate priority by dr john MacArthur. um any hopes or thoughts or Anything on the onset of this new series coming on the pipe?
0: Um, I am excited about it. I think that worship is central to the Christian life. I think that's really what our life is. Um, I would say that I, John MacArthur sometimes scares me. Um, but I think, especially from what I know of his study of worship, and obviously this book that we've read, um, I would say that... I think he hits the nail pretty much right on the head as far as far as this goes there's some other things he he teaches that i don't necessarily agree with but i think when it comes to to being a faithful expositor especially as it relates to like worship he hits the nail right on the head and i am very much um think this is a a valuable text that if you don't understand worship or even if you think you understand worship i think that this can take that idea to a to a different level of understanding
1: no I, i couldn't agree more um I can tell you that it's, I'm very excited to review it. Um, may I ask? I, we don't have to get super specific. Well, why does Dr. MacArthur scare you?
0: Why does Dr. MacArthur scare me? He seems like um, a very sweet,
1: honorable man. He is, maybe, I'm maybe, sure. Maybe sweet's not the best adjective, but I think uh, you get my point. <laughs> I say stern, maybe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, no, I, I, if, if we really want to split hairs, I, I think that... Um, while his church does church discipline, I think they're a little bit extreme.
1: Ah, I got you. Um,
0: right. I think that um, they're also wholly bought into nothetic counseling when it comes to church counseling. And I am a fan of nothetic counseling. I think it has its place. But I think if it's not balanced um, with other things, that um, it's da- it can be dangerous and unhelpful. Yeah. Um, and then obviously his his eschatology is different from mine, which is again not I would not call error, I just disagree, mm-hmm. same thing with the counseling thing like no that it can be helpful i just I've seen it do damage oh, yeah. and if it's sure. not used correctly, and that's fair, same thing with church discipline like if it's not applied correctly and mistakes are made and and life happens right pastors are not above mistakes um they're not above correction, and if they act like they are then 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 i there's just bigger issues abroad, I think most of my, my cautions with MacArthur would be secondary issues. Yeah. I think for the most part, he does, he faithfully exposes the word and I have no yeah. qualms about that.
1: No, I, I think that's a very fair. And I'm, sh- and I'm sure
0: he would disagree with the statements I just made. Um, cause he probably, cause again, we don't see eye to eye. I see, we see things differently and he would yeah. tell me that I'm wrong and that's fine.
1: I, I will say, cause I, I largely agree with everything you just said. Um, and I mean, this again, we both mean this respectfully. Um, however even the areas in which i disagree i find that in a sense i learned something um whether it be fully true it, and what i appreciate about it is it drives me to scripture
0: um as it should
1: yeah um and it drives me i think with in, informed questions um and i i, I will say i do on an authentic counseling i do agree but you, i don't have to say anything else like, i think you hit it on the head um I do see its value, but it can be definitely misapplied. Just as church discipline can, and I think that that's very fair. Um, By the way,
0: I do have a I do have a counseling background. Um, my master's divinity has a special concentration in pastoral counseling, so I did. Yeah, he's um, a lot of focus. I on. would not call myself an expert on on the um, that topic, but I would say that I am more well read and understanding of that issue than some people. So, yeah, yeah. Um, if you ever have any questions about that, feel free to reach out. I do. I have a passion for counseling. Um, I do not currently have a counseling ministry, um, as not being a pa- affiliated pastor with the church at this time. Um, I've not been blessed with that. I think that if the Lord blesses me with a pastorship somewhere that I think that we would be hopefully opening up a counseling ministry somehow that way. I think that'd um, be
1: a profitable thing to do. Um, Edifying maybe, maybe. Uh, better pro- yeah, profitable, uh, not did, not financially. I, know, <laughs> I, I I didn't. I didn't. I meant it more like for the profitable for the body of Christ at large. Is yes. At. Yes.
0: Amen. But, amen.
1: Um, anyway, um, I obviously I'd be praying for you that with that, and I, I do. I can. I can second what Nate just said about counseling in his background. It's it's interesting. I have a lot of. I've had many a good conversation with him about it, um, and I plan to have plenty more. But. Um, uh, kicking off we're going to transition so I'll, I'll kind of outline this and i'll let you just take it away we're transitioning now um to a to a brief look and this is brief i'm sure nate will repeat this but brief and how how should we handle conflict because conflict's all around us um and obviously scripture has a, a good deal to say about it um so nate how do you think starting at that how, how should we handle conflict or how should we view conflict
0: the, the short answer is is how should how does scripture view conflict? Right? Um, no, I think a, if you haven't noticed, as we're we're about halfway through our show right now, um, we're a little bit looser today. I think that because we just wanted to try something different, um, kind of give you what's coming up, and then obviously, um, I think this is a valuable discussion to kind of finish out the, the show. It, it's definitely close at hand. I think for both of us um, with what we're going through, and I think as we see. The way the world has progressed, um, the way the church has treated different movements. Um, I mean, I was talking to our pastor earlier. We were talking to him about something, and he had mentioned a post that was made years and years and years ago about um, the Westboro Baptist Church. Which, if you don't know, just Google. Um, that has at, a sign at your own at your own at, your own, <laughs> at your own risk. Yeah, your own peril. Um, yeah. Had a sign that I will not repeat, but it's that God hates a certain group of people. Um, and on the other side of the same street was that group of people among others, um, with their flags on display of many colors. And the, the caption basically read like, which side are you on? And, and his response to that was, well, they both need Jesus. So, um, you tell me neither. (laughs) So (laughs) That's a little bit disconcerting, and there's only one person who knows who that is, so I mean, he's listening, he can blush, he can be mad at me and yell at me later, but I didn't reveal his name, so it's okay.
1: Just He will know that I know the identity of the person.
0: That's okay. <laughs> we'll, never, we'll never talk about him again. <laughs> Just kidding, we love you. Um, yes, yes, we do. But no, but again, there's, but there's conflict there, right? How does the church treat... I mean if we want to call that out how does the church treat the the homosexual gender the LGBTQ crowd right obviously we would all agree that that is and they are living in sin but how how do we respond to that how do we treat to that cuz that can definitely cause conflict we can be too abrasive we can be we can say we're being loving but we could really be you know far too aggressive or on the other time we can be say we're being loving and be affirming and yeah. and neither i think would be healthy so again, letting scripture define our terms, like scripture define the way we we handle conflict. And I think the biggest guide for me, if we look at Romans uh, chapter 12 and ironically, the section title, which is not inspired, by the way, if, if I haven't said that before, section titles in scripture are not inspired. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're garbage. So take them for what they're worth. But I like this one. Um, In the ESV, the section title is Marks of the True Christian. Look at that. (laughs) Um, Starting in Romans 12, starting in verse 9, actually. And I'm going to give you probably the whole section because I think it's worth it. It says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. reads like hey be a pushover but no i would not say that um but that's interesting right because we don't see that a lot we see a lot of um a lot we see some fire and brimstone preachers and i think in in the day of technology it's it's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit but growing up you go to college campuses you see street preachers on the corner preaching you know, repent for the end of the world is near and calling out sin left and right and telling everybody they're going to hell. Like, is that really the right response? Is that loving in some way? Like, it might be truth, but it, is it loving? Is that living at peace and harmony and being, being gentle? Like, we look at the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like, is that loving? Is that kind? Is that peaceable? That's what we need to check You're, he's sitting here looking at me laughing, like I, obviously it's not. Um, sometimes it's not, and we need to be careful with that um, because realistically, like Matthew five says we, we need to be to let our light shine so that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. like how are we representing the gospel because we represent the gospel at all times and if, if this leads to our discussion on worship later, I'm sure it will oh yeah um,
1: we're an ambassador of Christ to your point, we're an ambassador.
0: Absolutely. In everything we do. Yeah. So how does that work with conflict is not, is not the easiest thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Christ shows the example of turning the other cheek. Um. I would say it's probably the hardest thing because I think the sin of pride gets in our way so much. Like if I, if I can think of some of the interpersonal conflicts I've had like at work or just out in, in general, it's, it's because I let my own pride get in the way. It's, I don't care about my way. This I don't care, but I just want to be right. Yeah. And we value being right more than we value the gospel, more than we value the witness. We value being right. And is it worth it?
1: Well, and I would respectfully contend on your point that you're not right when that's what you value. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your sole value. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think you you hit that on the head. You're not. You're, you're definitely in error. But that's, again, probably gets in the way you want to be. Oh, or you want to get the last word. Like you want to you show them. Like you want to... You want to get the last word. You want to be vengeful. You want to spite them somehow. Like You want to You want to win. And it's not about win. especially in this life. It's not about winning because there's only one true victory, and it's not ours. Absolutely. I mean, it is ours, but we didn't do anything it's for not
1: it. But uh, it's not organic to us.
0: Right. We get to share in it, but we didn't do anything yeah. for
1: it. Absolutely. A really quick question on that because it kind of popped in my head. What would you say when it talks about being prideful? Something I've noticed and what I would respectfully counsel someone with is if you notice yourself, being like the first reaction you have to whatever someone's saying to you is defensive, it's probably a, like you're, you're reacting out of defense, it's probably a sign that you, you might be acting in pride. I, yeah, I would agree with that a little bit. I, I mean, think, obviously, there's context and situations. I'm just saying, yes, yeah. like a general for the case of discussion, just a general thought.
0: I, I think so. I think, I think, in general, any emotional response. Uh, especially in, in, as it comes like interpersonal conflict, emotional responses are dangerous. I, could not, um, could not I am a big fan, and it's hard because sometimes, especially when you're face-to-face with a person, it's really hard to keep yourself calm. Yes. Um, thankfully for technology, there are other mediums, text messages, emails. Yes. Um, when I get those and I don't like them, sometimes I sit on them for 24 hours. Um, the hard ones are like, well, why aren't you responding to me? Like, I, hey, I need a minute. Like, Otherwise, I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Um, and sometimes it in 24 hours, it's not worth saying anything. Sometimes I'm, I've been on an email chain where there's like 10 people and I did not like what somebody sent. And I was, I had, I basically had an email drafted and was like, I'm going to sit on this for 24 hours. In that span, like six other people had responded probably 10 times more tactfully than I would ever respond. And so I just didn't respond because they they responded in a way that was helpful for the most part and so I didn't feel the need to either pile on or add my thoughts because somebody did it better um but yeah I would say emotion is is a dangerous thing again emotions from God ultimately I mean God gave us emotions and but we need those need to be in check and we're we're mm-hmm. sinful we need to yeah. to check our emotions against scripture because like I mean Proverbs says don't let the sun go down on your anger on your anger um I feel like it's somewhere else too, but I think, oh, yeah. Paul, I think, I think Paul said that Paul, maybe not, maybe Paul, not in Paul, Proverbs. Paul,
1: has said something like that. Yeah. It, Paul, no, in Ephesians six.
0: Yeah. But we look at like Jesus cleansing the temple. Or you think he was, died. he was super, super happy when he cleansed the temple. Overturning to the tables, no, the well, money changers?
1: Well, well, uh, no, he was definitely not. Right. <laughs> that was that. Right. It's called righteous indignation. Right. So
0: like God. that's the thing we forget, I think, that God has emotions too. He, we were created in his image. Just, yeah. The difference is his emotions are perfect yeah, and not per- not bound by sin. Point. Yeah. Or ours are, are are very tainted very often. Right. Um, Absolutely. And so that's that's one of those things you just need to be careful of our emotions. I'm not saying don't be emotional. We're not robots. Be um, up. <laughs> don't be don't be driven by your emotions or led by your emotions that's that's I think the caution um and if, you want know, to tie that into our discussion on worship like worship especially in, in corporate settings in church should not be emotionally driven like I've seen saw like bands and like the lights and the music is just like trying to evoke an emotional response like it's not about an emotional response right you, you should you should be emotional during worship you should but it should that should not be the goal. Uh, the uh, goal should, should be glorifying yes, yes. God. And the emotion yes. comes through that. Like that happens. It's a real thing. But especially in the way I was raised, like you, oh well, I didn't get goosebumps today, or like maybe I didn't feel the Lord. Like if we tie the Lord to goosebumps, we've got some things mixed up.
1: Yeah, it's fair point.
0: That and I mean,
1: so w- w- that's going to be a very good conversation. I just in general to like, continue on, on the idea of worship. I like that.
0: It is. So. I mean, and that's how we, so that's how we handle conflict every day. But like, what about conflict at church? That's like a whole nother, I feel like that's a whole nother beast. Because now we're dealing with people who should also know how to handle themselves based on scripture. And they don't, or we don't, or both. And so that's where I think we get into more of a, a church. I don't want to say church discipline because it's not necessarily that. And I think too, we, we, church net discipline gets such a negative
1: rap. They absolutely like. Not.
0: I feel like I say church discipline, and the more I say it, I think everybody who's listening right now is probably just cringing. Like, oh, we, we can't talk about church discipline. No,
1: you you um, give someone boo boo belly.
0: It's not just, first of all, it's not just for pastors. Oh, no, it's let's, not. Let's, let's, let's reserve that. Like, yes, there are, there's a role for the pastors in there's, church there's discipline. A, there's a process. Yeah. But, but let's, uh, let's just take a brief look at what scripture has to say, it has to say in a couple spots. Uh, first off, in Matthew. Uh, well, that would help if I was in Matthew, not Romans, huh? Because <laughs> Romans does not go that far in chapter five. Interesting, yeah. huh? Uh, in Matthew five twenty one, uh, you have you you have heard that it was said of those of old, "You shall not murder," and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you. This is Jesus speaking, of course. That everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says "you fool" will be liable to the hell of fire. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard and you'll be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Thoughts?
1: Yes. Hold on. (laughs) Yes? I'm getting the right headspace here. Uh Oh. No, no, it's... See, I think... I think the biggest thing here, if you start in... You were in Matthew uh, Matthew 5, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So... It would help if I was in Matthew five and not Matthew eighteen.
0: See, at least we're we're on the same page here. We can't figure out where we're there
1: at. There we go. Okay, sorry. I don't know. I had mine flip flopped. Anyway, so going backwards. <laughs> so this is obviously in the section of the Sermon on the Mount from Jesus that he's applying a lot of outward law to the heart. It's it's not, it's not just. Oh, it's not enough to not murder someone, right? It's not enough. Of, uh, I was t- teaching. Um, the youth, or junior church. What I always do on stuff like this is I point out, for example, so I can't sit in the front row, so I'll use Nate. It's not enough for me to go, you know, even though keep in mind, my my dear brother. So I don't. This is going to be sarcastic, so bear with me. <laughs> it's, it's not enough that I don't like ring Nate's neck if he did something that annoyed me, right? But in my heart, I despised what he d- despised him for, whatever the case, right? That's tantamount to murdering him, and um, I this idea too is. Let's see, where am I at here? It, I like to, and you're going to notice this about Scripture, or there's something I should say I like. I do like, but I notice that it really it starts with you and your brother, not with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a very important point. And when it comes to conflict resolution, I can say in society, but also in the church, I think largely we struggle with that. Mm-hmm. That, that concept, of, oh, so-and-so hurt me, like Nate hurt me, for that example. I'm going to go talk to the pastor now, which is like several steps ahead. <laughs> of. It doesn't mean you can't get counsel, but I think the first step should be, hey, did you know what you said to me hurt me? Or did you know what's that? Like, maybe that person's completely ignorant and did not mean to hurt you. <laughs>
0: like, well, I think any good pastor worth his salt would would counsel. Hey, have you talked to so and so about this first before would, you would, came to me? Because if not, then you should. We're not going to continue this conversation because you should go to your brother no. first. And I, I think it's interesting too. It there's this idea of of not even offering your, your sacrifice oh, yeah. to the altar. And, and Paul says something similar. we talk about being self-examining before we go to the Lord's table is, absolutely. is we should always examine ourselves and not just before we go to the Lord's table, we should always examine ourselves. There's not really a, a caveat, but especially before we partake of, of like the Lord's table, especially before we give our offerings or we oh, absolutely. obviously before he was talking about offering sacrifices at the temple, but in the, in the same way, yeah, that idea of, of, not just their sin, like obviously, we especially Paul's talking about sin mm-hmm. before coming to the Lord's table, but Jesus here's talking about offenses and forgiveness, right? There's something you haven't let go, your brother did to you, and you haven't forgiven him, and I that's mean, on you, right? Yeah. He may not even look for reconciliation, but you haven't gone and forgiven him either, yeah, right? Even if you like in advice verse, like if you sinned against your brother and then you need to go seek forgiveness,
1: well, and to your point, because as you were talking, it kind of pops up in my head as I'm just, you know, listening, hearing you out. What I would say one thing that's similar, and you kind of hit on it, you use you know the communion table and sacrifices. Well, on both of these, because keep in mind we're in Matthew five right now. That's still under the old covenant. Um, they're talking Jesus is talking specifically to Jews right now, predominantly. Um, an idea of sacrifices. Well, the same thing in these. This is paralleled in both sacrifices, but also in communion of the New Testament. The idea of having, I say, a new covenant rather than the New Testament, but nonetheless. Um, having a clear conscience before God when you, it, when you conduct at either one of those activities, right? Either one of those things, you, you need to have a clear conscience before God. And, and, and as name was outlining, and even more importantly, what Jesus was outlining here is you don't. You don't have that clear conscience. You don't have that clear conscience. And what are you doing? Stop and go be reconciled. Deve- have that clear conscience. Anyway, that's just mm-hmm. what it's worth.
0: Absolutely. And, and to further your point, Scripture says a lot to say about just your brother and your brother. Um, Matthew 18 which is where you were uh, starting in verse 15 says, if your brother sins against you go and tell him his fault between you and him alone if he listens to you you've gained your brother but if he does not listen take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses if he refuses to listen to them tell it to the church if he refuses to listen even to the church let him to be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector and again this is, is a little bit old covenant ish so the Gentiles at that time were not chosen people of Israel. So basically, and tax collectors were the lowest of the low. So like basically exclude yeah, them. Cast them out. Cast them out. Uh, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so that's that's a i mean matthew 18 is really the model for church discipline right but again it's not just pastor like if the pa- if you if you're you sin against the pastor and the pastor comes to you because you've sinned or if you've sinned against the church and the pastor comes to you then yeah that's the one-on-one conversation but if i sin against andrew then i uh, skip the pastor i need to go right to andrew or andrew needs to come to me and say hey man you did this i don't appreciate this like yeah and then again it could be my own ignorance of i'm just dumb and didn't realize what i did and oh i'm sorry i didn't realize that thank you for pointing that out and again you have you've gained a brother you you've both grown in christ but if i say no nah, man you're crazy and then he comes back to me with three people who who observed this sin um who are witnesses to the sin and, this, and i say no 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 you you guys are all crazy you're just trying to you just out to get me and then then it goes before the church and then eventually like that's where we kind of get the idea of ex excommunication from is partially in this passage of we just need to, but that's like, that's last step. Yeah, it is last step. There are so many steps. Over, and even, and so we talk about discipline, right? It's not just, Hey, I gotcha. Like I'm not to get people for churches, but it's so you, you have, he says you have gained a brother, Yeah. right? It's so you guys, so you can grow in Christ. Like again, part of it's ignorance. Like we don't even see our own sin. We're so blinded by our pride. We don't even see our own sins, but on the other side that, if no one points them out to us, we're just continuing our sins.
1: You, you have no choice. You're going to continue. Yeah. And
0: so it's an act of, of mercy. Like if you look at the old Testament, that model of the old Testament prophets, like they came to, to call judgment usually. Yeah. And, but even in that judgment is, is mercy.
1: Hearken, repentance. Yeah.
0: Right. Like even in that judgment, he says, if you repent and return to me, then I will still be your God
1: My, and, or I
0: will restore you. Yeah. And even further, if we want to talk about mercy, is fair punishment for sin is death so like if we used amos for example because we taught through amos that like so amos is saying oh well god's gonna judge you and god's gonna do this and this like even in saying that god's going to do this there's still a there's still time there's still time to repent because literally you could sin once and god could kill you and he's well within his right justly yeah (laughs) isn't that that that, and that's and partially that's common grace right because there's those who are bound for hell which is is the sad reality but they don't die instantly in their sin they're allowed to live their entire life through common grace to give because he desires that all should be saved yeah but ultimately we we've realized that that's that not all will be saved because sin is so easily enticing
1: yeah no yeah it's it's a very very good point um all I have to say. Very good point. <laughs>
0: that's all you have to say. On
1: this, on this, on this, yes. Okay.
0: Well, that's fair. So I think, I think finally, just to close, and we only have a few minutes left, um, but I think it's worth, worth noting here, and we don't have a ton of time to discuss it, I think, but the need for, for like discernment, especially in, in issues of, of conflict, I think that really understanding um, what's going, not just what's going on, but like understanding the other person, understanding what scripture says, understanding how the spirit leads are very important. Wouldn't yeah. you say,
1: Andrew? No, I would agree. And, and no, I think that was a very, really good look. And I know we hit on like worship. We hit on church discipline. There's plenty more to say on that. Um, cause obviously that's going to spark conflict or could, you know, it like could, um, bring about conflict or be a resolution to conflict. Um, but ultimately, so looking at this is just in general, the idea of conflict, uh, as, as Nate clearly outlined, there is a clear need, and not only that, Scripture mandates that we have discernment. I actually, side note, really quick, and because my, my this section here is going to be a really quick highlight. And don't worry, even though I use Greek words, I will not pronounce them because I'm still learning how to pronounce them. So, Nate, you're spared. But anyway, uh, the uh, the need for just having overall discernment of your area, and I'm uh, oh, sorry. I got sidetracked there. That that discipline and that having rules, proper, biblical, and what I mean by, I mean by rules, I simply mean scripture, is very, very valuable. It's not, it's a fundamentally wrong view to view direct commands of our Lord as as chains in which we're bound. Um, we should see them, if, if anything, if you want to use the chains analogy, we should see them as chains of grace. Um, And we should praise God for them, because then we know right. We're we're grounded in in the anchor. We know this is right, in the cornerstone. Um, Anyway, but anyway, all this harkens to this need for discernment. Now, discernment simply, right, is the quality to be able to comprehend what is obscure, right? Or another way to put put it is possessing insight and understanding. It's the ability to understand simply, right? Now, what does Scripture say? Now, Scripture has a lot about it, but I'm going to look really quickly at two examples. Um, In Philippians one verses nine through eleven, God using Paul says, "Here we go in Scripture." And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now. I could get into a larger context. Time is not really permitting that. When we look at that example here in Philippians 1, discernment means perception, um, the understanding of moral and ethical matters. So it means, yes, your ability to think, your ability to understand intellectually, but also your ability to understand morally, right? Your ability to discern right from wrong and then choose the excellent one, as, as God is Paul outlines here in Philippians 1. Um, this idea of discernment is absolutely crucial when it comes to matter. I mean, just in general for life. But now that we're talking about this idea of conflict, because sometimes there's conflict. That's not really conflict. I call it pseudo conflict. They're trying to get you all ginned up emotionally, trying to get you to pick sides. Kind of like what Nate outlined a, little bit, a couple minutes ago, maybe 20 minutes ago or so. Um, and some, those are, I call it the fallacy of sides. Uh, sometimes there are, are genuinely sides and you should pick one, but generally speaking, it's, always, you should always have a red flag go up when you feel like someone's trying to get you quote unquote on their team (laughs) or get you responding emotionally. Um, that should hearken that red flag should be like, Hey, you need some discernment here. What's going on here. There's something more here. Um, and then also we see in Hebrews five, verse 14, the Bible says, but solid food is for the mature for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Now, again, there's a larger context here that I would love to go into. Time is not quite permitting. So when we look at that, again, in, in context, that we're discerning, or you know, discernment or discerning means the ability to properly judge. If you're to distill it down, it still has the same meaning of understanding moral and ethical matters and also the ability to perceive things intellectually. But also, if you distill it down, it's just the ability to properly judge and discriminate against evil. Um, so we see that the mature are those who have, have their powers of discernment trained by what? By constant practice, in the meaning bringing ethical situation, bringing anything you're faced with to Scripture and prayerfully applying it to your life and seeing, Lord, what are you saying about this? What is, we we're really big on the show about definitions. How do you define love? What is love? You are love. So what does that mean? All right? And God is very gracious and merciful and provides us this information. So in short, that's a little little hip pocket on uh, discernment, in, in the in light of in light of conflict, in light of applying it and pre- being prepared for conflict.
0: I like it to your point up too, and this like you call it the fallacy of two sides, but we see this in, in throughout church history. We saw like right now we have and this has existed for a little bit of time. The ideas of like continuation and cessationism, like mm-hmm. they're two diametrically opposed. They're pretty much mu- mutually exclusive. Yeah. But the the fact of the matter is that when you look at scripture, spoilers to, to spiritual gifts, the answer is kind of somewhere in the middle, right? There's there's not the it's not like an either or. Yeah. There's there's some That's gray area. Point. Like it's 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 more of a both and. Yeah. Or an, it's it's not an either or. And we and we do that sometimes. Things can be a both and and we make them an either or or we have these two very vastly different ideas, um <clears throat> Calvinism and uh Arminianism. Yeah, he said it. No. <laughs> I did say it. <laughs> Don't ever expect me to say it again. <laughs> but we have these two diametrically opposed um, versions of soteriology um, yeah. of salvation history, and when it comes down to it, even in those two viewpoints,
1: yeah.
0: one is right and one is wrong. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I was
1: waiting for someone. <laughs>
0: just kidding. But the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. I absolutely believe that. I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't wholeheartedly endorse one or the other. Yeah. Um, but the in either case, though, if you look at the the central tenets of both, the answer is the same.
1: That's the that's the crazy part. Jesus saves yeah.
0: at First National Bank. <laughs> Sorry, that's how Jesus paid for all the sins. You didn't, you know that, right? That's yeah. how Jesus could yeah. afford to pay all, for all the sins because he
1: saves. Yeah, he saves. Yep.
0: <laughs> Sorry, dad jokes.
1: <laughs> it's okay.
0: So we, we definitely appreciate, we always appreciate you joining us again today on this episode of fortitude and truth. We hope that it was value added. We hope that you got a good picture of what is to come and hopefully it's to your liking. If it's not again, fortitude and truth, three, one, six at gmail.com. Any sort of feedback, positive, negative, neither comments, questions, concerns, prayer requests, um, pretty much anything you want to send is, is pretty much open forum, um, via email. And we will, discuss as needed but i think Absolutely. that we really pray that this has a blessing to somebody out there and we hope to to be able to get this show to you in more avenues um and reach uh, probably a wider spread of people but we can't do it without you guys and and some sometimes just good old word of mouth yeah. is is does more than people believe um Absolutely. despite the modern marvels of technology where you can get get go viral just don't don't be don't be snipping this up and and yeah, putting a, putting clips on YouTube and be yeah, like, you're oh, putting and
1: words in her mouth.
0: Nate said this, and Andrew said that. Like, <laughs> let's not do that. We we definitely <laughs> don't want that. <laughs> but in any case, I would like my brother Andrew. Oh no, nope. We got to voc- focus verse it again. Um, <laughs> Proverbs fifteen one: A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh words, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs fifteen one. So Andrew, if you would just close us in a in a brief prayer and. Then we'll see everybody next week.
1: I would be honored to. Father, we just come before you, Lord, just humbled by your grace, your mercy, Lord. On on a sinner, I will speak for myself, Lord, just such as me. Um, I thank you, Lord, that just how you use us, Lord. You use one another. It was iron sharpens iron. And Lord, we just thank you. We ask that you'd bless bless this show, Lord, Um, and take away any of our opinions. We would... And I ask that you take away any of our opinions, Lord. And we know that if anything we said was of value, that, that it's you that deserves the glory and not us. Um, but for, as we kind of talked about the show this for this year, Father, kind of the show in general, Lord, we ask that you would guide our show this year, right? That you would prepare the hearts of anyone that might be listening, prepare us, Lord, as we prepare, um, and just really use the show ultimately with our intent to glorify you. Let us keep that the focus. Now, Lord and I thank you Lord we have this time to talk about conflict Lord and, and assessing what you say about it Lord it, it, continue to help us get deeper understanding and knowledge and that our first reaction would be let us go to you in prayer and into your word and understand and seek to have proper foundational a deep understanding of you Lord and I pray that you continue to grow us into a, a lifestyle of worship to you I ask you to hand a blessing over all who are listening or my brother Nate and myself, and that you would use this to your glory. It is your mighty, holy, and saving name that we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Again, we appreciate your your ears and your hearts, and we know that we pray that God gets all the glory in all this, and we'll see you again next week on another special episode of Fortitude and Truth.